What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's show, we've got kind of a special Father's Day episode for you guys. We've got a couple guests, James Elam from Major League Fishing and our very own uh, Boyd Vanderkoy, Rob's son. He comes on and tells some good stories about being in the outdoors, hunting and fishing with Rob. And, um, you know, we had fun with this one. It, it meant, meant a lot to us um, just talking about fishing with our dad, fishing with our kids. So hope you guys enjoy. And again, happy Father's Day. But before we go any further, I want to tell you guys that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. I've personally trusted the Hercules TerraTrack AT2 and Power ST2 to get my truck and boat trailer to every event around the country safely for the past two years. These tires are long-lasting, quiet on the road, and most importantly, incredibly reliable. If you're in the market for a new set of trucker trailer tires, head over to HerculesTires.com and see why these tires are such an incredible value. You can also find out more by following Hercules Tires on Facebook or Instagram at Hercules Tires. As you all know, Nick is still down in Mexico and he's wrapping up two unbelievable days. I, I'm hoping they were unbelievable on Bacharach Lake and today he's traveling back home. So, um, He's not going to be able to make it on the show, but his temporary replacement is, uh, he's, he's the man. He's Rob's son, Boyd Vanderkoy, and we figured it'd be real, it would be real appropriate on Father's Day to bring Boyd on and, and to come BS with us, and he's a good BSer. He plays college <laughs> baseball, and um, he's, he's definitely one of the boys. What's going on, dude? Thanks for having me on, Josh. I appreciate it. Heck yeah, and, uh, and Rob, what's up with you, man? Uh, a bunch of things are up. Uh, one, it's Father's Day, so hanging out with Boyd and my wife and uh, just having a so far a good day, and I'm sure it'll be good throughout. Um, I had a little change in my uh, boat plans here. Um, so last, I don't know, maybe three months or so, it's probably been longer than that, I've, I've had a uh, too-good-to-be-true situation that was going to happen. Uh, I thought I was going to end up with a, a pretty new boat. Um, and it was just kind of my plan. And, and it just, like I said, it was too good to be true. It didn't, it didn't come through uh, one of those deals. So I've decided I've, I've shifted gears. Um, last week, I ended up finding a new trailer for my 2008 Triton. Um, I'm going to go back to Tennessee this next week and pick up a, a trailer from a dealership back there. And I'm just going to go through, I've been remodeling my home and for the next uh, couple months, I'm going to remodel my boat. So it'll probably be a lot more interesting to our listeners, uh, uh, remodeling the boat. I'm going to, I'm going to do uh, from one at the new trailer. Um, I've got some plastic parts on it. I want to get fixed. Um, you know, just your typical trim that goes bad on boats. Uh, I want to do the carpet. Um, I want to get Garmin live scope. And I've just come to the conclusion when the, when the motor blows up, I'm going to put a new motor on it. So uh, as long as that thing lasts, it's going to, I'm going to run it. And I don't know, it's this day and age, dude, boats cost so much money. And, you know, I've been spoiled throughout my fishing career. You know, early on, I always had new boats and was very fortunate with that. But uh, this hole on this 2008 Triton is solid, so I'd be silly not to build around that. So I like it. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be real curious to kind of see how it all goes. And, and yeah, so we're start. You've got currently it's a 2008 TR19X. 
X2, yeah, TR19X2. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's like a 19 and a half foot boat, which I really dig. I mean, it, 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 I would rather have a little bit bigger boat for guiding, but overall I've always liked that 19 to 20 foot range boat. Um, you know, you, obviously a 22 foot boat would be great for guiding, but overall fishing, I like that size boat. It's got a 225 on it. Um, I can envision a 225 four stroke on that boat. I think it would be a pretty solid rig. So awesome, man. I like yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So well, yeah, I'm excited so about with... that. And, and I'll just, I mean, as I go, I, I, I think I'm going to attempt doing the carpet myself. Um, we'll see. I'm pretty handy with stuff and I, I, I'm sure halfway through it, I'll regret every bit of it, but it is what it is. So I can't remember at your house right now, dude, do you, at your new place, do you have that? Is it in the garage? Yeah, it's in the garage. Oh, that's yeah. good. So you yeah. can do all that in the garage, not outside. Yeah. I mean, not my like last house, I had air conditioned garage. I could have done it in. Um, I'm not as fortunate here. It doesn't have AC. So I'm going to cook. And of course I waited till it's a, I think yesterday was 117. What a gross, this weather's so gross right now. We complain about it every year. It is what it is. But. I know we got a lot of listeners that are outside of Arizona, but yeah. for the folks that are in Arizona, they can, they can understand, right? It went from like late spring and it was still kind of manageable. Now, dude, just straight into like the hottest week. My dad told me we just set the record for the most consecutive days over 115 <laughs> ever. And it's still June. So yeah, that's, that's insane. Disgusting. Yeah. And you know, uh, last year we had like 140 days over 110, I think like it, we've had, we had a rough summer last year and this year it came in a little more mild, which is, we're fortunate, but whatever we whine yeah. about it every year and we enjoy our winters here. So. Yep. Yep. For sure. It's just, it's, it's the inverse to the dudes that have to deal with winter time, you know, up North. So, and, and Hey, we're still able to get, get out and fish and stuff. And uh, luckily for me, I'm going to New York tomorrow, so I won't have to deal with it much more uh, than just yeah. today. But um, we've got a big father's day theme for the episode today. We had James Elam, uh, major league fishing angler on as a guest to talk about, you know, some fishing with his dad. They've got a pretty cool fishing family and he's got some fun stories there. We're going to bring Boyd in here to, uh, to roast his dad a little bit. And also to, you know, I'm sure it's not going to be all roast. I'm sure he's got a lot of really good things to say about how good of a dad in the outdoors and just a good dad in general. You are Rob. Um, but we're going to talk a lot about father's day today. I did have what I had one fishing trip last week that I wanted to mention real quick and then we'll get into it. Um, but we were talking about it a little bit on the phone. I've got my rig stashed in New York in between events and, we wanted to get out of the heat, my family and I, this week. So we got in the car and drove up to a small lake on the Mogollon Rim here in Arizona. So, like, it's about two and, a hour, two and a half hours north of Phoenix up in the pine trees. It's a lot cooler up there. You know, it's still warm this time of year. But it was 115 in Phoenix that day. It was, like, 85 up there. So it was nice to get out of the heat. But, dude, I got a, I got a, a very humbling taste of what it's like to show up to a small crowded lake like that and strike out on the fishing front. Now, I, of course, I've got a bunch of excuses built in, right? And, dude, so we get to the – we drive up there, and the kids are two and four. So they don't have – I mean, they, they come on the boat, and they like that. They're pretty spoiled to come on the boat and usually be around action. Well, this was a different deal, right? Like, we get there. We've got all of our stuff, our chairs, our cooler – 
the rods, the tackle, everything. And uh, we've got a hike not far, but I was hoping we could like just pull up and park and fish right there. Well, dude, we get there and there's like 75 cars in the parking lot and it's a little bitty lake and it's just every 20 feet dotted all the way down the shoreline, just people set up fishing, you know, for trout fishing with power bait and worms and stuff like that. So we've got to walk like probably a quarter mile and it's not, I mean, it's not, it's a, it's a hiking trail, but it's not smooth. There's a lot of up and downs with just, just rocks and stuff like that. So dude, getting the group from the car to that was an absolute circus. Everyone is pissed off already. And we get down to the water and the kids are happy now because they're going to play on the edge of the water and stuff. But um, just a circus. We get to fishing and, and they're having fun. But, we, you know, we make like six or seven casts and don't catch anything. And I'm like, well, this is probably not a good spot, but we're not going anywhere else. We're not going to. I mean, this is where we're stuck until the day's over. We stayed for like two hours. And uh, we packed it up, did the daunting quarter mile hike back to the car that, again, everyone went from happy to upset again. And then we got ice cream at the shop and drove home. Overall, it was a fun day, but much different than uh, the fishing trips I've had with them so far. I need to, it's, it's because I came in unprepared. We should have come earlier. I didn't know how the lake laid out. And um, we'll be more prepared next time. Thankfully, the kids didn't hate it. I think, I think what would have helped Josh is if you would have wore your Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Those fish had no idea who you were. Wearing jerseys there. What's that? I'm surprised there weren't a few folks wearing jerseys there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just funny, dude, how people don't realize how, how difficult fishing is overall. You know, you Everywhere show up. Everywhere you go is different, you know, right? It is different. And, and it is. That's that the fun of it, lake, I guess. Yeah, it's not like, dude, it's nowhere near as complex as going out and doing some of the fishing we do, but like there's strategy involved, right? And and you know, there's a couple little sweet spots on that stupid little lake and a couple yep. little keys with your presentation that, you know, Joe Schmo, who's probably never bass fished in his life, could just eat my lunch on a trout lake like that, right? Oh, for sure. Did you have power bait and uh, gold <laughs> gold hooks, gold trouble hooks? I had all the stuff. You dude. did? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, I had all the stuff. So when you made your order to Berkeley, you made sure to get the trout gear too? Yeah, I front-loaded all the, pow <laughs> the uh, power bait for sure. But that's what we were using. That's what works up there. You it know, does. I'm telling you, that's like, yeah, you're not catching a release with that because that little gold hook's usually in their gullet. But What's up with the gold hook though, dude? Like I don't know. Gold. They use just like a little gold just because they're cheap, right? Like little gold treble hook, fill it up with a little power bait. Yeah. Yeah, and I split shotted with it, and like some people say, the Carolina rig, but I didn't have any bullet weights. All my tackles back east, so I just had a little bag of split shots. Maybe that's where I went wrong. Yeah, you're not flinging four, five, eight dollar tungsten out there with. <laughs> Dude, yeah, actually, I should have. I should have just done it because I got some extra tungsten bullet. But weights. that, you know what? That's a family trip. It's it, really catching a fish isn't going to change it. You're just up there to have fun and get out of the valley and and, and enjoy the weather a little bit. So. I think Boyd fished that same lake yesterday. No right. way, dude. You went to Woods Canyon yesterday? Yeah, not not to one-up you or anything, but I actually had a bite. <laughs> oh. What, totally so, messed it up. Tell me you about it. You messed up two bites. Uh, well, I was throwing a little shaky head with a little robo-worm. It's all I had. Oh, you were bass fishing. Um, bass fishing, yeah. And uh, 
I cast out there. I get hung up on a rock. I'm like, dang it. I let the slack down and it, it jumps. And I, I just wasn't paying attention. I don't know what I was doing. Uh, so I pulled up again. It was heavy. And then I, I let slack down and the line started shooting away. The rock was swimming away. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, crap. And I set the hook and I, he just must have spit it right away. But I was like, well, I'm off the rock. So I, I guess he did me a favor. So, there so they go. went up. They went up there paddleboarding, him and his girlfriend. So, they, did, uh, do you have a paddleboard, or did you rent one up there? They just got inflatables. So, yeah. pretty cool. But so, you bought an inflatable paddleboard. His girlfriend bought him one for your birthday, right? Yeah, yeah she bought just, me one. Yeah, she, he Those just turned twenty-two. That uh, what last week? So, cool. Yep. Heck yeah, pretty dude. Cool. Was it just a circus up there? Yeah, I have. Did you uh, did you go to the main road, or did you go around the the back where the point is? Yeah, see, I just, he was I'm on the such, main, a, yeah. such a tourist. I just did the main road, bro. Okay. Parked with everyone yeah. else. We did like a, a back road, and I mean, we had a parking spot right by the water. Not anymore. Oh. Not anymore. Walked all the way down. I'm, I'm giving all my <laughs> Giving my up the spots. secrets. <laughs> yep, yep. That's, it's worse than AZ Anglers, dude. You put it on, on Anglers Happy Hour, you're going <laughs> to yeah. blow up your stuff, bro. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, um, that's cool, man. At least you had a couple bites. You did. You did uh, – put me to shame there, but, um, moving on to our theme that we wanted to talk about. Like I said, we asked James a bunch of stuff about father's day. It's kind of a cool day just to kind of talk about some stories, fishing with our dads, lessons that we learned, silly, silly things that, that have happened to us on, on trips with our dads or with our kids. And boy, dude, I want to start with you, dude. And I want to start on the light side. Like, I'm just curious if there was, if there's one sit like day on the water or circumstance fishing or hunting, where you watch Rob just come completely unraveled. He usually keeps it together pretty well, dude, but have you ever seen him just pissed off? Uh, well, I had a, a good one hunting. I think I was 10 or 11. Uh, we were Havelina hunting and it was probably two. It was really hot. I mean, it was January, so it's still probably 70, but um, we, uh, we, were, we were just glassing, looking for Havelina and we didn't see anything. And I'm starting to get a little mad and I, I look at him and I said, show me a pig now. Oh, wow. And he just lost it on me. Uh-huh. And he's like, you're a prima donna. You're, you're freaking out. And I was just like, it was I a mean, learning lesson. And you know, it's funny. He's 22. He still talks about it. And it was probably, I probably, I handled those situations in probably the wrong manner, but he still learned that we were out there uh, hunting and enjoying the day. And, and it's not, immediate success it's not uh you know these kids with video games they just if they're not winning they'll just buy their way to win so uh i think i think he learned a lot of valuable lessons in the outdoors from you know actually you have to earn it right and you're not always going to catch them you're not always going to see game so that's that's you're right it's a hilarious story it's a hilarious quote but it is also a huge lesson there And, and yeah like that happened early, early on. And, and boy, you kind of knew from there on out, dude, like this is going to be work and, and there's a reward at the end of the tunnel, but Hey, Nick, w- because we don't have Nick here this week, someone's got to call the episode title and this episode's got to be, show me a pig now. Show me a pig now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. I totally agree. So, it, so was that one of your first hunts? It was, it was, um, not to jump in Boyd, but yeah. It, he, so in Arizona, you have to be 10 to hunt. Okay. Um, and you have to take hunter, uh, hunter safety course. Uh, he went through that and, uh, it was, a archery pig hunt. Um, 
I believe that first hunt was the one where it was like 19 degrees in the morning, dude. It was like yeah, wow. it was snowing in Tano Basin. When it we was got snowing there. in Tano like Basin. Snowing, snowing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was quite an experience, dude. And I'm no pro hunter. I'm, but I'm a lot better than I was 10 years ago. And um, that's what was probably the most enjoyable part to me is he and I were learning together. And, you know, we've really progressed a lot from when he was 10 years old. But, you know, it was, we were in pigs quite a bit and we had quite a few opportunities. Um, tell them about, about the one where, like, we literally had pigs at our feet and I called the range wrong. I'll never live this uh, Oh, really? Oh, dude. Oh, I was so mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we were, what, 20 yards away? We were 20 yards and we know that now, but. And uh, he didn't, he didn't range it with the range finder. And he said, shoot for 30, shoot for 30, shoot for 30. And I shot for 30, just right over his back. <laughs> and, and then he goes, Oh, actually I think it was 20. Dude, I got so I freaked out. Yeah. I was, I was so excited. Like, like when you, when you hunt, dude, you get a little buck fever, you get a little excited, but when you're, hunting through your 10 year old son and there's an opportunity that's huge like like can you imagine him arrowing a, a javelina at 10 years old dude that oh, would just be, be crazy. phenomenal right yeah and i blew it dude i that was a pressure situation <laughs> on my part and i blew it big time and i'm pretty sure he'll i'll, I'll never forget that but it's amazing he still hunted with you after these these oh, early javelina stories man Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been great. But that was, you know what it's funny is because when we, when he was young, I mean, we fished a ton, um, up until baseball got hot and heavy when he was probably 12 years old. So, um, you know, and that's kind of when the fishing for the most part stopped with he and I a lot. We still did it every once in a while. Well, he has no time anymore. Yeah. That's yeah. But he, he grew up in a boat up until that point. Um, I don't know if you remember the, do you remember this when you fell in the lake at Roosevelt? I had to be what, like, do you were like five years old? December. It was December. Oh, it was we launched crazy. at Choya and we were in the salt. So Josh, you know, that's, that's darn near a 20 mile run. And we just worked our way up the lake that day and we we're way up in the salt. And, um, I do remember that. You remember that? He yeah. was, he was all bundled up and just walked off the front deck, dude. Like walked off. <laughs> Kaploosh. Did you of course watch he always, it happen? What's that? You were watching it happen? Well, it, it, sort of. You know what yeah, I mean? I know you couldn't like stop it, but like, yeah, you kind of looked over and there he goes, yes. right? And he okay. always had his life jacket on. Yeah. Yeah. I literally just reached over and I'm probably, I've told this story on the podcast before, but just reached over so. and grabbed him. I mean, he was in the water long enough to get wet, flung him in the boat, and he starts bawling. Like, like he's five years old, dude. So he's just completely crying. Sure. And I'm like, you're all right. You're all right. We'll get you. I always brought a sleeping bag with and, and, you know, just safety, uh, you know, so if someone fell in or whatever, you can get dry and warm. And uh, he started crying and I'm like, you're going to be all right. And the reason he was crying is he said, because we're going to have to go home now, aren't we? Because I always awesome. told him, you fall in, we're going to have to go home. That's great. Anyhow, we wrapped him up in this in the sleeping bag, and and he stayed warm, and we fished for a little bit longer. But so yeah. But for the most part, my dad didn't really blow up on me or get mad at me. We'd just leave the lake. Yeah, and that was worse than him yelling at me. <laughs> so then I had to go home. Yeah. Sure. I was yeah, always it, that kid that you know they take parents take video games away. My parents would take hunting and fishing away from me, and it would ruin my day. And they make me stay in my room. Most kids want to stay in their room, but they would. 
that would make me stay in my room and that I lost. I love it, dude. That's awesome. That's, that's parenting done well, for sure. If that's what you, uh, what you don't want to lose, that's pretty dang cool, man. Yeah. I like it. Um, well, that's cool. How about like any unforgettably good days on the water? Like where you guys absolutely just bash the fish or like one, one fish in particular that, that you guys will uh, always remember. Uh, well, what was I? Was I what? nine? On which one? Uh, the 10-pounder. The you were eight years old because oh, that, was, okay. in, that yeah. was in September. Um, we caught two 10-pound-plus fish out of Roosevelt in one year, and he was involved with both of them. Yeah, so, so we, were, we were throwing a little football jig off a point, um, and my dad just told me to, to point the, the rod tip right at the bait and slow roll it and just feel every rock. And as I was doing that, it just went dunk dunk. And still I still remember the, the bite. Yeah. And I set the hook and I'm like, Dad, I think I got a good one. This fish jumped and I I didn't really know what it was, but my dad and uh his buddy Steve Chernitsky was with us and they lost it. We didn't have a net. <laughs> we had no net. My dad's like, <clears throat> he was just freaking out. Somehow we got it in. It was awesome. But I'll Who never lift it. You're Steve. I think I did. Um, but it was it was Steve and his son and and Boyd and and I and oh my god I mean, it was it was awesome and I, it kind of it's an emotional emotional deal to me because Steve passed away at uh, forty nine of cancer and it was yeah just pretty cool situation. that's a great memory yep. to yep. share with those guys yep yep so uh, I remember one other time uh, the exact same spot I think Boyd was like six years old seven years old. Um, and again, it was with a football jig and it was in the evening. It was this time of year it was so hot. We literally just went up and fished the evening, got a room, uh, woke up the next morning and, and fished in the morning and drove home, which is pretty common in Arizona to do that uh, as hot as it is. And I think he, he himself caught like an 18 pound bag on a football jig, just slow rolling it on the bottom. And That's he, he didn't, he says, I told him to do that. He kind of developed that on his own just the cast it out instead of dragging it and, you know, maintaining your line, he would literally let it sink to the bottom. He knew when it got to the bottom and this was all on a bait caster at, you know, six, seven, eight years old. Uh, and he would just literally feel every rock with it. And it, yeah, it was, it, it's definitely an effective technique if you have a heavy enough jig and, you know, we're fishing 20, 25, 30 foot deep and he's doing that. So it's an awesome way to, yeah. I mean, to, to that's the presentation is probably a little different. It's almost like throwing a hard yep. head. Yep. Like Tommy Biffle likes to do a lot, yep. but uh, also just an awesome way for someone who's a little newer to jig fishing to just learn how to feel the bite. And yep. I mean, that's actually, I've never really thought about that. And cause they're always in contact with it. You know, they're never, they're ne they never have that slack and never have to worry about that part of it. You know, you're so. totally right with a rod tip point right of that fish too. You're in such good position. Even yep. if you don't get the world's greatest hook set, you're still going to get something into them when you pull back, however much you pull back. I love yep, it. For sure. I do have one more uh, story. I, I don't, I really don't know how old I was, but I was learning how to throw a bait caster, just backlash after backlash after backlash. I don't even know what I was throwing, but we were up at Roosevelt and I set the hook on this smallmouth. I mean, how big was that smallmouth? I know you've seen the photo. Of I couldn't it, even. I, I could barely hold the fish up. That's how little I was. Yeah, it was a I it mean, was a four four and a half pound smallmouth, just a slob. But 
just thinking about it, like just casting into these bushes, just have no idea what I'm doing. Just a backlash with a bait caster. It's just funny that, you know, I set the hook on that fish and it happened to be a giant smallie. Dude, you know? it's just mind blowing that you're 22 now and you, and you literally remember like to such detail these fish catches when you're six and eight and 10 years old. And I yeah. guess I can relate, dude. I can remember, like, I can vividly remember watching uh, a bobber go down, you know, on, uh, on fish that I, not every one, of course, but like certain fish when I was same thing, 10 years old, watching a bobber go down or, or watching a fish eat a top water when I was 12, 13. It's, it's kind of crazy. If yep. you ask me to remember anything else from uh, that time frame, it's not going to happen. Yeah, true, true. So I, I've got a, a funny father-son story at Roosevelt. Uh, obviously, we fished Roosevelt a lot, but it was really good at that that time frame. Um, it was late spring, post-spawn. Uh, Boyd had a Cinco tied on. It was me and uh, Boyd and my buddy Troy. And we're just working along, and I look down, I'm like, ooh, look at that fish. One of those deals, right? And it's like a seven pound largemouth, And I told Boyd, I said, you can cast it that you're not going to catch it. You know, like it's too late. We saw him, right? We yeah. right the boat's right on top of a hundred times. No chance. Boat's right on top of this fish. He pitches his Cinco over there and sets a hook on a seven pounder. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of the, it was so yeah, he's, he's caught some big fish and uh, you know, for fishing as little as he has since he was 12. Um, but from when he was, caught his first fish when he was three years old at Lake Powell on a Yamamoto grub, reeling it on a Scooby rod. Nice. Um, from, from three to 12, I mean, he caught just an unbelievable amount of fish. So it was a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah. And, you know, l later on, uh, a lot of our experiences have been hunting. And a lot of that's due to baseball. You know, baseball's very spring, summer heavy and you know, he would have a little bit of time in the fall and allow us to do some hunting. So, but I just, uh, as a father, I'm fortunate to have my son love what I love. And, um, it's, it's, uh, pretty rewarding. And, but I, I also feel like I've gotten very lucky because I, I know a lot of folks that have kids that they're just not into what, what dad's into, you know, so I've been fortunate. So how about you, Josh? How about, uh, growing up fishing? I know your dad, Took you fishing a ton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and hey, before, you can't see Boyd, but Boyd, you got one more thing to say, bro? Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, with fishing, my dad would always take me. Um, I knew nothing about how to fish offshore points or or anything. He just always said, cast there, cast there, cast there, and you know, I was just reeling in these giant fish. But I never really understood how to fish. Um, with hunting, we learned it together. Yeah. So I, I'd say I'm, I'm a lot better hunter than I am a fisherman, but – um, I would say these past couple of years, I'm trying to get back into fishing a little bit more and I'm starting to understand it more and more. Um, but yeah, like I said, just when I was little, it was just fishing was almost too easy for me. That sounds kind of, no dude. I, I and I can completely relate because like, you yeah. just, it's so easy to be like, do that. And, exactly. and, and then it works and it's like, great, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's like a guide trip my whole life. Yep. Yeah, that, so, that makes but, complete sense. Exactly. So I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up, but, um, I'm definitely getting back into fishing and, you know, we go over quarantine. We went out a lot and he'd always make me, um, you know, do the trolling motor and everything. Yeah. And nice. he'd say, where do you want to go today? That's you know, cool. I had to go pick spots. And I mean, it's tough for me. Cause I mean, he was always the one that was like, all right, we're going to tie this on. We're going to throw it there. 
and I just kind of went with it. Um, but it's kind of cool to see the other side of it and try to figure it out yourself. I love it, dude. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. And, and I know you fished a couple derbies, you know, you and, and a buddy, uh, without Robin, you guys have done well. You guys, uh, got what well, you got a top five at Bartlett in the wild west. What did, what place did you guys? Uh, no, I think they no. finished 11th, it was but, like they, 11. but okay, they got big right fish. On. That's they got a big stacked fish. field of, of good local fishermen. So that's, that's yeah, pretty awesome, sure. man. That had to have felt pretty cool. For sure. Um, well, that's awesome, man. Right on. That's, that's really cool. And, uh, yeah, and, and before we move on, last thing, Rob, like, it, I th- and I think you and I had kind of a similar experience with, with our dads, Rob. Like, Very similar. Um, my dad was, was always like an outdoorsman and, and liked the outdoors. He was not like a diehard bass fisherman, though, but he was really always awesome about doing whatever it took to provide me the opportunities to, to do what I wanted to do, right? And, and like, both my parents realized like early on that I was super into fishing like it was just like I was magnetized to it I could sit on the end of the dock and catch nothing for hours and it's still what I would want to do right over anything else and um yeah like even though my dad wasn't like a diehard bass fisherman he and he was you know had a he was every day nine to five hard working you know uh we didn't have like an excess amount of money we're just a regular middle class family but he he did everything he could to like take me every weekend, even when gas was $5 a gallon during the, you know, I mean, just, you know, things are, are, it wasn't easy to have a boat in the era that I was a teenager, you know, and, uh, and we didn't have a ton of extra money for a boat. There was one point where he actually worked a second job. Um, and we were still, he would work sometimes, you know, his regular job and then work three days a week in the evenings. And he'd still take me to Lake Saturday morning, you know, in, in, you know, the boat that we could barely afford and you know we'd, we'd burn a hundred dollars of gas and we did it every weekend that's I was awesome. pretty lucky as far as that, that goes man yeah i was very similar to that too my dad not really an outdoorsman but they recognized what i like to do and um he bought i think when i was 15 we went to a boat dealership and he bought a boat on a whim and i don't think my mom talked to him for like two weeks after that but <laughs> Uh, but that, you know, I was exactly the same way. It was just, uh, sparked, sparked me into bass fishing and, and, you know, we would go all the time. I would run the trolling motor. I would tell my dad what I had read or, you know, saw at a local bass fishing seminar from the locals here. And that's how we learned back then. And, you know, you didn't have the internet to learn, but you would just absorb whatever you could. And, um, you know, it's, it's just awesome that my dad was willing to do that with me. So, um, on, on my end, I was similar cause baseball was what Boyd was into and we, we let him go do that, you know, and, and yeah, good point. I, you I were never, never a baseball guy to Boyd. never, but I'm a huge baseball fan now. And, yep. and I've, I've learned that through him and watching him play. And, um, so pretty cool. We're just fortunate to have good families, good dads and, uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing that is kind of interesting was like, with all that being said, like James, he's coming up next. He talks a little bit about some of, of the things he learned from his dad, the intangible things, right. That how to, how to compete hard or how to fish hard, how to do whatever. And he learned a lot on the technical side because his dad was like a serious bass fisherman. But for me, like my dad, um, I never really learned how to, 
catch a bass for my dad, but so much of the other stuff that came with preparation and stuff like that is, is what I probably still helps me the most. Like he, we used to give him a hard time because like in his truck, he had two extras of everything. And in the boat, he had two <laughs> extras of everything. And some of it was in such excess. It was That's unbelievable. Awesome. Uh, and, but a lot of that stuff is translated. And now, you know, I'm a bit of a pack rat on things with my boat and truck, but dude, there are so many instances where I'm like in a bad spot on the road or on the water and I've got what I need. You know what I mean? And without, yeah. without seeing that firsthand so many times, like I probably wouldn't be, be that way. Yeah. That's, it's amazing what you pick up from your, from your dad and you, uh, it's funny when your kids finally accept that they're like you. <laughs> yeah, seriously, dude. Yeah. You, you made fun of your dad. Now you're just like that. Parker's going to make fun of you for that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You could, we could all, I've heard it be, uh, elsewhere, but we could all write a book about all the times we thought our parents were wrong, but they were actually right. Oh yeah. End. Oh yeah. It, it's hilarious. Yeah. That is pretty funny, man. Um, and then as far as like, as far as silly stuff that had happened in our boat, my brother, you know, my brother was involved in all this too. You know, he, he doesn't fish, uh, much anymore, but like in our, in our, as kids and as teenagers, he was on the boat every single, every single weekend. And it was, it was great family time. Um, but I'll never forget probably the, one of the wilder stories from early on, we had just, that boat that I was talking about, we had bought, it was a, it was like a 20 year old nitro. It was an older boat. It was a, a 190 TF nitro or 190 DC. It was a, uh, a dual, console. dual console, 19 foot nitro. Yep. And um, one of the first times we take it out and we had had boats before smaller boats. We, we knew the basics, but did we get out and we're fishing and um, we're like way up Lake on Saguaro. And I look, back and my dad is like almost in shock he's like pointing down at the ground but he can't even speak and we've got water coming up we've already got like inches of water in the bottom of the boat coming up through the vent and we clearly forgot the plug the bilge pump wasn't kicking on and uh dude we're lord knows how much water we got in the boat we'd been fishing for an hour so um we, we, I mean, everyone's done it, but we, we hightail it back to the ramp. I don't know how we got on pad. I think my brother and dad had, or I, my brother and I had to go stand on the front deck and finally get on pad, but I'll never forget his face, man. Like we had just, we'd finally got this awesome boat, you know, and, and we're about to sink it on one of our first couple of trips out. Never That's forget crazy. his face. When, when I look back and he's just pointing, you know, look. How'd you fix it? How do we fix it? Oh, we took it out. Yeah, we, we didn't go in the water. We we put the boat up on the on, back on the trailer. You did, okay. And okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, did that. Not I, like you were up the lake already. Yeah, yeah, we were. We got we got mm -hmm. back to the ramp somehow. And I've I've had a couple similar instances since then. I mean, I think it's like a about once every every couple of years you you forget your plug when it comes. Yeah, you're to not a fisherman plug. unless you forget your plug every once in a while. Mm -hmm. It happens. <laughs> it was a bigger deal to us at the time because we had no idea what we were doing, and it was like a new boat and stuff, but. Speaking um, of that, have you seen the remote plugs? Have you ever run one of those? Where the the remote switch? plugs. Yeah, it's a plug that has, it's just like your live well on oh. and off. It's kind of interesting. I've seen, uh, yeah, Rangers got that. Are, yeah. are there any, any other brands that you know that have that? Well, you can do it as an aftermarket deal, which oh, would be kind of cool. So That's yeah. brilliant. 
yeah, just a little side note, but that's a great idea. Man. That's me researching the stuff that I can do to my boat. Are you going to get one? <laughs> I don't know. They look like a pain to put in, but I may I try see that it. not being easy. Yeah. So, well, that's, well, that's cool, awesome. Um, well, Hey, we got a great interview coming up with James and uh, we've gone a little long here. So uh, thanks again to all the listeners as, as we always say every week means a lot that you guys tune in and um, you know, we can't wait to hear what Nick's got going on. We, we snuck this episode in cause we know he was busy over the last couple of days, but hopefully we'll be back with Nick next week. And I mean, he'll probably just take the floor and tell us about his trip to Backrack because I'm sure it was, it was interesting. I would imagine. So. Yeah. So here's James guys. Hope you guys enjoy. James, what's going on, brother? What are you doing right now? I am driving to the St. Lawrence River, and uh, luckily everything it lacks in uh, traveling time that makes up for fishing. And uh, so it's always it's always a great thing to go up there, you know, especially in the middle of summer when it's record-breaking heat in Oklahoma or Arizona like you, uh, going up there to hopefully catch a lot of fish. And uh, But, yeah, it's a long drive ahead. That's what I'm doing today. Unfortunately, it's Father's Day, and uh, me and my dad couldn't be fishing today. Oh yeah. I know that you've had a lot of, uh, you've been getting out with him a bunch this year and it does kind of stick to be having to travel on a holiday, but dude, I bet traffic's pretty light today. It's not too bad, actually. You know, that, that is a bonus and hopefully I'll be able to get a hotel room tonight too. Yeah. No kidding on that. What cities do you have to drive through? Like what major cities are you going through today? I think we've got St. Louis and it's always a little bit of a disaster, but you know, I don't think the traffic's too bad, like you said. So that's going to help a lot. Uh, we got to go through Indianapolis, and I think basically all the big cities in Ohio, Dayton, um, I believe. I think uh, Cincinnati. No, I don't know if I'll go through Cincinnati today or tomorrow, but I'll go through Columbus. I'll try to stay somewhere around Columbus. That's about a halfway point. That's about 12 hours, 13 hours or so, maybe for me, just depending on how far we, I had to stop at Waffle House and get some breakfast, so we, uh, <laughs> we might be cut a little short on the time, so we'll see. What do you, what do you get, get at Waffle House? House? Oh, I, I, I go to Waffle House to get the waffle. Um, okay. Absolutely, I love their waffle, and other than that, you know, hash browns and eggs with that, and make it just pretty simple, straightforward, all-American breakfast. I'm an all-star guy. I get the whole deal. Yeah, so that's the all-star, basically. Yeah. So I think that's what I get, yeah. It's, it's really hard to beat, man, and they're quick. They're just usually right off the highway, so I, I don't like stopping and wasting a bunch of time on the road, but that is one thing I'll do is go to a Waffle House or somewhere. If we've got a daylight donut somewhere, I'll stop by there, too. Awesome. Nice, man. Right on. Does Daylight have stuff other than donuts? Do they have like breakfast sandwiches and stuff or is it, is it mainly just donuts? Yeah, they've got some really good sausage rolls and it's really funny depending on where you live. Some people call them kolaches. So if you go to Texas, everybody calls them kolaches. And I, I didn't learn that until late in life. And I never knew what they were talking about, but it's just a, a sausage roll. And some people call it a pig in a blanket. It's basically just a, a, a sausage you know you could have cheese or jalapenos in it or just plain and then it's wrapped up in kind of like a croissant bun jalapenos are dangerous on the road i would think yeah you you know (laughs) you just got to be careful when you eat those 
sometimes yeah. I, I don't I don't risk it, you know, before a tournament. How uh, how widespread is daylight donuts? Is it um, what part of the country they're, is it? They're nationwide. They're you know a lot of them are in Oklahoma. There's some in Texas. There's some in uh, as actually I'm in Missouri right now. There's some here. Uh, they're kind of spotty, you know. Other than that midwestern section, there's not like a state where there's a ton of them in, but they're they have a presence in a lot of states. It seems like. Right on. Nice, so, man. Right on. I know they've been a great sponsor for you for a long time. Uh, yeah. They have. So, hey, it's Father's Day. We're not going to keep you too long, man, but I've just, we've got a few questions that we want to ask, just kind of sticking to this theme, because I know that you, James, you've got a, a big bass fishing lineage in your family. Your grandfather yeah. was a badass bass fisherman. Your dad is a badass bass fisherman. And now you are. Um, Oh, shit. I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did the three of you get to share the boat much when you were a kid? Like, did, did you fish with both of them in the same boat much as a kid? You know, my my grandpa died when I was fairly young, so we didn't really, you know, I think I wouldn't have remembered any of our trips at all. Uh, but, you know, my dad was used to going with him like 24-7. My dad used so they they owned a family business, a machine shop, and right out of high school, that's what my dad did. His, he jumped on the machine, and, and that's what me, him, and my grandpa did is they uh, they did machine work, and they were good at it, and, they, you know, my dad still does it. And uh, they would just take off and on a Thursday evening, and they had a camper, and they had a camper and a Kinsey Craft with a, usually a little mercury on it, and a great boat that's like the top-notch boat at the time, you know, back in the, the 70s and 80s, and uh, they would go hit it hard, and they would go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and drag in, you know, to work on Monday, and uh, especially during the pre-spawn, and, you know, when they, they, they were going to hunt big fish, and uh, that's what my dad was used to doing, you know, from a very young age, and just all till my grandpa, you know, passed, so my dad absolutely you know we just picked up and started doing exactly what him and his dad did we we didn't have a camper we didn't we didn't go to the extent that they did just spend the whole weekend at the lake but uh, we would go all the time and, and we uh we we from a young age we started doing these tournaments called fishing pals and you know me and my dad a father son father daughter tournament trail in oklahoma and we did that for a while uh till the time I was probably about 13, 14 and, and sports got a little bit more serious and we started doing some other tournaments here and there. But, uh, you know, it's always been a big tradition for us to go fishing on Father's Day and we've had some great Father's Day trips. Any, any that stick out, dude? Uh, well, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a quite a few good ones. I do remember this one time. Uh, I remember it was right when I was in hot and heavy on, on bass fishing. We were always going and catching them. It was summertime. And I always just like looked forward to June and July fishing. I just liked, it seemed like at the time when I was about 13, 14, 15 years old, not a lot of people were fishing offshore. Uh, and we would go to Grand Lake and Gibson and, uh, you know, Tinkiller and we'd get offshore. And, and, and it was just like, it was an untapped resource. And I wish I could just go back to those days. This is before like any of the elite series tournaments ever came to uh, Grand Lake. Uh, and it was just really good. You could go out there with a Carolina rig and a big crankbait and just catch them. 
I remember this one weekend, it was Father's Day weekend. So it had been June, right at the peak prime time to be offshore fishing at Grand Lake. And uh, we, uh, my dad had a tournament that Saturday, which would have been yesterday, I guess. And I was so mad because I wanted to go fishing so bad, but he was fishing this tournament with his buddy. And, you know, so I guess he made it up to me. So that night, I don't remember who it was, but I think it was my grandma drove me up to the tournament way and they ended up getting second place. I'm going to have to merge here. There's a traffic jam. Bear with me. Um, yeah, so they ended up getting second place in this tournament and we're up there for the weigh-in and, you know, Father's Day is next day and I'm wanting to go fishing. I'm begging my dad to take me fishing and we weren't going to go fish. You know, we're going to go maybe go the next day or, you know, go back home and do something. Well, I, I threw a big enough fit. And they caught him so well, and they caught him off of one really good spot. And so my dad's probably thinking, well, we can just go back out there and, and you know, catch a few or whatever. So we, we go back out. We run over to where they, they've been fishing, found these fish. And uh, I just remember it being so good. It's like those fish bit better that evening. It was just magical. And I, I ended up catching, like, the two biggest fish I'd ever caught before. I caught a... Uh, I mean, he caught, I don't know how many threes, three to five pound fish. And then I ended up poking all the big ones for some reason, whatever I was throwing. I was, I was throwing a Carolina rig, but, uh, I remember catching a, a five, a six and a seven. And the, the six was, and, you know, really close to seven. It was a bit, you know, there's all big fish. And I remember catching a bunch of other good ones and it was just like a magical evening. We just absolutely stomped them and it was so much fun. And, you know, you like a little kid, you never want the fun to be over. And, you know, you don't want the, you know, you know play time's over and it, it, all the fun and games are gone. It, it, it All of a sudden, it started getting dark and, uh, you know, things things came to an end. So uh, it was uh, it, it was it was a really fun trip, really fun tournament uh, for him. And, and then, you know, the last day or at the end of the day, they're getting to take me out. So it was really special. That's cool. How old were you, James? Oh, man, I could have – I think I was around 13, 14 years uh, old. I, I'm pretty sure, yeah. That's somewhere cool. So that, there. That, that tradition, guys, has, has gone so long. James literally drove his boat back from Tennessee to Oklahoma, knowing that he had to drive to, back up to New York like a week and a half later – to take his dad fishing uh, on Father's Day week. So like that tradition is still uh, obviously really going. And um, you know, now your dad, he, he still does a lot of bass fishing. I know he does a lot of crappie fishing, um, mm -hmm. but dude, I, I wanted to ask since, you know, James, as a fisherman, you're obviously super proficient with like any technique, right? Just like any good pro, but like, he's got a little, old school flair to some of his techniques and i know a lot of it came from your dad and your grandpa dude is there one technique that like he really that he's really responsible for you fishing a certain way um it probably would have to be a big worm because i mean i'm a big worm freak and so is he and you know just they, they all are but that or a jig uh especially, you know, in the pre-spot, I've kind of gotten away from throwing a jig so much just because it seems like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly why. Maybe it's the certain lakes we go to. It seems like maybe we go to more shaddy eating lakes or whatever, but, uh, you know, where you're worried about that or, or maybe 
you're worried about the number of bites you're getting in a day. But uh, I tend to uh, throw a big worm a whole lot and a Carolina rig. That, those are two things that we, we uh, used to do a lot. And we used to do a lot of crankbaiting. Um, so I don't, you know, as of late, I've, I've had a couple crankbait tournaments, but that's something I used to do all the time. And we just used to crankbait all the time. And, and it's just something I've gotten away from. I've had to adapt, I guess, long story short, a little bit, but uh, it's like when I go back to those things, it's like, boom, you know, it's, it's, it's just like the old times and it's, it's, it comes really easy. It's cool. I just noticed like every, every, you know, yeah, like you said, every once in a while, I'll be chatting with you or I'll see what you got tied on and you got some, something old school sprinkled in and mixed in, dude, uh, yeah. more so than yeah. me, for sure. Can't get away from it. Do you still throw lead weights on your Carolina rig? Uh, yeah, in, in Oklahoma, <laughs> in, in Oklahoma, I will just because you get hung up so much. You know, you can just break them off and go back at it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I did that for years, and it just we used to pour our own lead weights, man, and and they they had a really good shape to them to come through the rock here. You know, it, it just seems like so many people troll in Oklahoma, and there's so much just lawn and debris and there's tons of brush and just the, the nature of the rock that we have. It just, things are so hangy. So it, it hurts to hang up a, if it's a three quarter ounce tungsten weight or a one ounce tungsten weight, it's expensive, right? Yep. So it's uh that was the, the whole deal there for the most part, but I still, I, I do throw the tungsten most of the time, but I, I, I got some leads, you know, on backup for sure. It's funny cause I'm pretty old school and I, I, I take yeah. a beating from Josh and uh bread height. They wear me out pretty bad about the lead, but yeah, yeah. it seems to work. Yeah. James. And I don't, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I don't even know if I think tungsten's nice, you know, for you to feel what's on bottom, especially when you're fishing deep, it's really nice for that. Cause you can identify when there's a little bit of a rougher patch than other places. But other than that, I don't know if sound of it really even makes a difference. I think those, those fish are just, they're so aware of their surroundings that they, they know there's something being drugged down there. I don't know about the brass and glass deal, you know, so much. But I, I do think that uh, tungsten is better for that, for sure. Transmitting, you know, through your line to let you know what's going on down there. No doubt. Right on, man. So that's you talked about one awesome day. Do you have any like trips with your old man that completely like unraveled and just went south trips that you guys can look back on and be like, damn that. I mean, you maybe learned something for the day, but the day was just an absolute cluster. Oh yeah. Some bloopers. I, nothing comes to mind really. I mean, I remember one morning he's so hyped up on coffee uh, and he, we were on the fish and, you know, we'd won a tournament the weekend before and he's just so spun out, just, you know, ready to get after him. And I had to tell him to settle down and we, we ended up winning the tournament that day, but it really, cause he, he jumped off a five pounder and I felt like it cause he was not, you know, just being ready for one to bite or whatever. So I was coaching him. As funny <laughs> as that is. It's hilarious. Funny Too much is. coffee. Yeah. yeah. You think about it. Most kids, most kids don't get to compete with their dad or be in competition yeah. and see that side of, of their parents. And it's, it's definitely a different side at times, I'm sure. So. Oh, dude, dude, you know, there, there could be a lot of things like, so I'm a professional bass fisherman for a living now. And you can say that's 
you know, there's a lot of things that have helped me do that, but probably more than anything, it's been, it's been because my dad was good at fishing and I got to see why he was good at fishing with not, not even knowing I was doing that. I, I was just a, a bystander going with him and he groomed me, you know, just to have that, just, you know, just to know that just the tenacity of it and everything, just to, the go, go, go. And the, this isn't good enough. Got to find something better. And, and, you know, this is the right, you know what I mean? And just the, the hard headed, you know, hard work part of it that, uh, and knowing what to look for, knowing what's good, that part of bass fishing, bass fishing is so important as a tournament angler. And until you, you know, realize that or see it or learn it from somebody, um, it's hard to maybe even get there on your own. So I, I feel like, that's probably one of the most important aspects of why I can do what I've been doing, you know. And you didn't, you didn't even know you were learning that and you learned it at a young age yeah. when you're, when you just absorb it, just, you just, it was just one of those things. It's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's just normal. It's just how I was supposed to be. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Dude, yeah. That's, that's an awesome. intangible thing, right? Like you take, right. unless you get in the boat with someone who knows how to, who knows how to compete and, and, and win and have that, that push like you said that killer instinct like you're totally right dude like you might get into fishing and really enjoy it and try some tournaments for fun and you know uh, until you actually see that you know it, it it's hard to get on that level it, it's i guess it's hard to put into words you did a good job of that man but i yeah, totally can good. see what you're talking about for sure yeah yeah it's kind of yeah hard to put into words yeah well, that's cool, man. Um, I guess, you know, I, I had a couple other questions I was going to ask, but you kind of, you answered them pretty well right there. And now a lot of your fishing with him is, is crappie fishing, man. How, how does that compare to the serious days of bass fishing? Oh, we, we, we like to bass fish if we know it's going to be good, but it's, you know, as a tournament angler, Josh, how hard it is to go out and fish if you know it's going to be tough or, you know, you want to go do something because you got to save up, you'll get burned out. So you got to save up those tough days for, because we go work really, really, really hard and practice. And it's 95% of that time we're going to be out there in the water for two days. It's going to be terrible on us or no, I wouldn't say terrible, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be a struggle. It'll be hard to find them. You know, it, there's going to be a lot of that that we need to save up for. So if, if we know it's going to be good or whatever, We'll go, especially pre-spawn and during the spawn, we'll, we'll go. But we're gone a lot. So I'm gone a lot, you know, during that time of the year. But um, we, we do a ton of crop fishing because it's just easier, you know. And it's fun. And it's just, you know, you go to one place and you just don't have to work as hard, I guess. Um, and I live on a really good crappie lake. And, and he's got a house on a really good crappie lake, too. And it's, uh, it is it is a lot of fun. It's a good time to just, you know, you're not super busy like physically like you are bass fishing you, you're just swinging crappie in you know dropping it back down swinging another crappie in so you get to talk a lot more you get to hang out and uh, it's good quality time doing that and it's a lot of fun and we can do that like in two or three and a half day whereas bass fishing you know you're getting up at four o'clock in the morning you know driving somewhere far and, and just it's a it's a lot more work and uh, takes up a whole day so we can do a little quick trip like that it's a, it's a lot of fun 
and then you get the treat afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So somebody's got to clean those fish, and Dad's <laughs> really good at doing that. And uh, he likes to – actually, I just bought him a, a brand-new bubble blade knife oh, the nice. other day. Yeah, for, yeah, for Father's Day. So he's always bought the, you know, the, the cheaper uh, fillet knives and stuff. So hopefully we'll get some good feedback on that because he, he cleans a lot of fish, a lot of crappie, and he'll even go catfishing every now and then. So that'll be good. So that was that was the gift for, of course, it's fishing related. I Perfect. love it, yeah. man. That's cool. Yeah. Well, Rob, dude, do you have anything else before we let him let him roll? Not not other than just uh, drive safe and good luck up in New York, dude. Have have a good time, enjoy the weather, and catch a bunch of big smallmouth, man. Thanks, Rob. I hope hope uh, hope it's good. I hope uh, you know it's going to be different fishing a, a, a numbers tournament instead of uh, a five fish. You know, I, me and Josh have both done well at the St. Lawrence River. Josh done really well and won won one of them. James I been top ten three. danger every time. No, just twice, and you've you've done it three times, I think. Uh, so it, it's going to be really hard for me to wrap my head around that. Maybe it won't be any different at all. So I, that's something I'm kind of battling, uh, just, you know, wondering about that, but it, it's going to be fun regardless. But I, I hope that, uh, I'm in on the party and I can make the, uh, knockout round and have a chance to make the final uh, day. So. Yeah. You guys probably reflect on your, uh, your pre-fish days up there where you've just absolutely hammered a bunch of big fish at times. And it's got a, it's definitely going to be interesting with this format on that body of water for sure. It is. And, you know, I believe the fish are going to be a little bit shallower for sure. You know, it's, we're going there in June, then we're, you know, we're traditionally usually going there in August. And <laughs> when you hook one of those big ones deep in August, it, it you, you can fight them for three or four or five minutes and that's nothing. And, you know, the whole time, I just, I just wonder about, you know, just, yeah, fighting those big ones and, and somebody's on a, you know, catch, I mean, it might be better to find a, a place where you can catch a bunch of three pounders or yep. four pounders. We're, we're going to see. Uh, we're we're going to find out. It's never bad if you're just consistently catching them. So yeah. I think that's going to be the key. Just that's just it. Catch them. You just have yep. to be on them, dude. No matter what you're doing, yeah. as long as you're on yeah. them. I mean, that sounds pretty dumb and basic, but if you just go out there and you're catching um, them good, you're going you're gonna to be in the game no matter what you're yeah. doing, but it will be, yeah. I think yeah. it's going to be one of the craziest tournaments we've ever seen. Honestly, like yeah, yeah. it's, I, I could jinx us here and I'm not saying it's going to happen to myself or James or anyone, but as a whole, I think this is going to be probably, it could be the best fishing tournament we've ever been to. Do you agree? And, and I agree. And I also will add that it might be the best fishing tournament we ever go to because yeah, you know, wow. fishing pressure is getting worse and worse and worse. Places are getting discovered more and more. Now, New York is really great in the fact that, you know, people can't fish up there for most of the year. So it'll always be protected and stays protected. So we'll always have that. But at some time, a place like the St. Lawrence has got to peak out. And it, it, I don't think it has yet, but maybe it'll always kind of stay the same where it's at now. But you might see the best that there might ever be, you know, kind of like the old days at Falcon Lake or something like that. So yeah. that didn't last forever. You're right. You're right, man. We're just hitting it at such a crazy, weird, good time. And, and yeah, the, the river's in just such good condition. So we'll see. And, but 
Go ahead, Rob. Someone could explore the the largemouth up there and do well yeah. too, huh? I mean, that's a yeah. that's a definite factor, also, huh? And, guy and guy flinging a frog or a spinnerbait can reel in a three pound largemouth pretty dang quick. <laughs> and then another one, and another. And another one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's what's yeah, going to make it crazy and dynamic, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be important to, you know, hopefully we get the right weather for both. Um, and I think that's going to be an important factor in practice is establishing what the weather's doing to the fish. If we get some inclement stuff, uh, I know one thing is if the north wind backs the current up there, it, it does change things. Um, maybe it won't change things if they're spawning. I don't know. You know, it just, I haven't been there that time of year to, to and, and fish enough to know. Uh, but, it, it, you know, what I'm saying is maybe one day be better for largemouth, one for smallmouth. Yep. I don't really want to play that game. I, I kind of want to pick one poison and go with it, but we'll, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Right on. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching you guys do well, so. Good luck. Thank you. Hopefully we do. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for coming on, brother. Um, we'll let you drive. Thanks for uh, dropping in, telling some stories, and I'll uh, I'll see you tomorrow, man. Well, thanks for having me. I'll uh, I'll be up there. All right, bro. Have a good one, Dave. Right, I'll talk to you soon. Right, see you guys. Right, see, see ya. Bye.